Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. February 2013. This is episode 98 of The Skeptic Wire. I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me this week are Donald Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. And Greg Perrine. It's the beginning of the end. And they're sitting across from me. We are in comfy mode this evening. Uh, I have a comfy chair, but no one is posting... I didn't do that very well. I tried to burp. (laughs) But no one is poking me with the soft cushions. And uh, 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 those two, the other two people who are on the podcast with me, what are their names? Oh, yeah, Greg and Donna, they're over on, on the couch. The couch of doom. Couch of doom. The red couch, which apparently, according to our analysis of The Wizard of Oz, did not start out as red. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is the killing couch. <laughs> this is the one that... Uh, Donna makes everything look like a boating accident on. Oh, rather bloody boating accident, apparently. <laughs> yeah, blo- boating accidents are not really that bloody. Quite possibly not. They are if they're in the Jaws movies. Or if Dexter is involved. Yes, but boats? then it would be wrapped in plastic for easy cleanup. True, but there'd be a lot of blood involved. But then it wouldn't be red. So you, you, uh, uh, disc- you, you refute your own point. I often do. Ah, okay. <laughs> so. That was my nickname in college. Refruit your own point. <laughs> Refruit. <laughs> if women said that to you in college, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then really, there's, there's just no good way to have a nickname. I spent a lot nickname. of time in college refuting my own point, let me tell you. <laughs> Most people call it fapping, but okay. <laughs> so you now so much have a, it's a liberal <laughs> hippie college, so okay. we had so to make have... it feel really intellectual. <laughs> uh, never mind. There was a, there was a, keep... there, was, there was a happy sock joke versus a refutation sock joke. I don't know. Versus Kleenex. Yeah. Soft tissue. I think we've had this brandies. discussion before. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Fairly recently. Yeah. So anyway, how's everybody's week? Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Good. Good. Mine mine was doing well until today when I spent the the entire pretty much the entire day uh reconstituting my Windows operating system. Which as of the time I left the house, was still going. Right. So it's been about a good 12 hours. And, and none of this would have been solved by having a Macintosh computer instead, because nobody wants to make software for Macintoshes. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is not a continuation of your vile hatred of Apple products. No, 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 no. It's just... No, it's, this is my vile hatred of Windows products. Because <laughs> <laughs> even less, less stuff is made for Linux. Right, and that's that was the problem. Is the the couple of things that I had to do couldn't be done in Linux. They they might have been. I think there may have been some workarounds, but um, quite frankly, I just got fed up with it. And it was working in all your in all your favorite porn sites only work in Windows. Oh no no, Linux is good for for porn. That's fine. You know because that's all internet. 
Yeah. Multi-user. <laughs> well, they want to make sure. Multi-user. Hey, Congratulations, they want to make sure that they have stuff available for everybody. Yeah. You can see lots of people refuting lots of different points. Again, I wouldn't porn, use that term. Porn is why we had <laughs> porn is why we had VHS instead of beta, and it's why we went Blu-ray instead of HD DVD. I believe it. Where goes porn goes the world, I guess. All right. So we got our uh, masturbation and porn discussion in early this week. Uh, so rest of the podcast completely clean. <laughs> Wow. Donna does not believe me. (laughs) Do you believe us, dear listener? I do, because I found Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) More on that later. Right now, you you wouldn't believe whose birthday it is today, February 20th. Well, it's a really good friend of mine, Laura Blaylock's birthday today. I have no idea who the fuck that is. It's a really good friend of mine, and she actually got mentioned by... um, a couple of years ago, Ed Brayton and Greg Layden, when some of the controversy with the Texas Eagle Forum paper, she'd actually saved a bunch of the postings. She'd web-shotted a bunch of the postings that they had made that had been very anti-Obama, anti-education, and everything else. And she posted them all over her blog, and they were all like, thank you, Laura, because <laughs> now we have the proof. That the so probably, Texas State Board of Education is all fuckered up. <laughs> nice. Well, that everybody should have their 15 minutes of skeptical fame. Yeah, so so you don't know who Blaylock is, and presumably we won't know who this person is. You probably do know who this person is. Oh. She was born in 1954. Okay. And, um... <laughs> Once again, is not really helpful. <laughs> I, in, in some ways, I guess the... Uh, Kind of how I've always thought of her as the, well, I guess in the last several years, is kind of her, of her day and age, she was kind of the Paris Hilton of her day and age, except a little bit more criminal, despite the fact that just the existence of Paris Hilton is a little criminal. <laughs> okay, so... was it, Is she a Rockefeller? <laughs> she is an heiress of some sort. Oh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, newspaper heiress. You're getting there. Should uh, I uh, give this, the area this, clue? The symbi- Symbionese yeah. Liberation yeah. Organization. Patty Hearst. Yes. Congratulations, Donna. Since we're not doing the lightning round this week, you are the queen of the podcast for having guessed that. <laughs> yes, Patty Hearst, born February 20th, 1954, in the San Francisco, California-ish area. Uh, in uh, 74, she was kidnapped by members of the... So what is it? Sibionese Liberation Army. The Simeon Liberation. The <laughs> Simeon Libation <laughs> Army. <laughs> they they were trying to get her basically ransomed for other members of their SLA organization. Uh, but that didn't work. So then they ransomed the father to say you have to give, um, I think estimates were some $600 million worth of food to the needy in California and... You know, he gave six million, not six hundred million, um, and they didn't release her. And then, basically, a, a few months into her um, 
Captivity. Captivity, thank you, by the SLA. She took part in a bank, bank robbery crime. in the, um, I guess in the San Francisco area as well, I think. I think so. It might have been San Diego. Okay. but It was it was the Hibernia Bank, which I've never heard since. So I guess they had a pretty good business model. Um, and then she, later, the next year, she was arrested. So she was on the lam with the SLA for a whole year plus and then uh, went to trial shortly after I was born in January of 76, was convicted and then pardoned by... Uh, uh, well, the, her sentence was commuted by Carter, and then she was pardoned by Clinton in 2001, right before he left office. But I bring her up as a skeptical topic because she is a classic example of Stockholm Syndrome, mm-hmm. which is the idea that you know if you're kidnapped, you're going, you may start identifying with your captors, and how, especially in her trial, it was a bone of contention of whether or not that could actually be, be believed. Mm-hmm. If it, you know how how well can you really truly diagnose that? Um, was she just faking it? You know, was she just um, an idle kid who said, hey, this is how I'm going to act out against the world? Or was she truly, honestly, kind of brainwashed by these people? Hmm. So more moderate versions of Stockholm Syndrome, people talk about hazing in college for for frats and stuff like that. Or, you know, boot camp in the military where you're kind of treated so badly that you like your organization that much more. Yeah, but uh, but in, in those kind of things, it's also a bonding yes which uh this the whole petty hearst thing is not so much yeah but. i mean a lot of times it's not pure torture it's like torture followed by reward yeah so that it's that that's that basically skewing of your idea of reality to say well they're not so bad they're treating me bad uh, good now they're yeah. giving me bread and water where before they had locked me in a room or something yeah so there was a lot yeah, of like sp- religion <laughs> <laughs> but enough about the pope um <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure one of the popes locks somebody in a room at some point, probably during the whole uh, Inquisition thing. Probably. Fairly certain that there's something that has happened post-Inquisition like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying at least. But in this case, Patty Hearst, an example of, well, you kind of skepticism about whether or not they actually are afflicted by these kind of syndromes and conditions or um, or not, but she seems to be living a good life now. She's been in a few John Waters films and occasional actress yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, for various definitions of the term good. <laughs> yeah, Why? well, well she's, she's a, not in jail anymore. <laughs> right, and she's, you know, she has managed to carve out a life for herself. I, I think she, is what... She le- left prison and then got married has had a couple kids she hasn't gotten in trouble with the law again since that's pretty good the recidivism is low for Sibianese liberation army people apparently (laughs) all right yep that is the birthday for today february 20th congratulations donna you're awesome i think that's probably the first time we've actually guessed it no, once or twice, especially if it's someone living. Yeah. And someone whom you've given us clues. <laughs> okay, yes, this time I did actually sit down and write down kind of what clues, but you guys didn't actually need that many, so, no. yeah, I was all oh, ready to... Oh, yeah. so did, uh, <laughs> Papers. Papers. It took me a while. I, I had to walk my way around to it. Yes. 
But I do that frequently, so. Because if, if you heard the name Patty Hearst, you would think, oh yeah, that person, the thing, and the, the, the bank, and the, the Stockholm Syndrome, blah, 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 blah. But if you hear who was born February 20th, 1954, I don't know. It's a typical reaction. So I just like to kind of turn that knife in you guys a little bit when I'm trying to make you guess of who the person <laughs> is. It's my own kind of, I guess, sadomasochistic drive to torture you folks to hope that you will bond with me in a Stockholm Syndrome kind of way. If you'd like to help pay for Greg's therapy later on, <laughs> well, we'll be drop set- us a line. No, we'll be setting up an Indiegogo account to pay Indiegogo for Greg's therapy. <laughs> I, I thought this podcast was my therapy. It obviously, what it's the not hell working. What am I paying you guys for? Is he paying you? He's not paying me. I was about to ask, is he paying you? If you'd really like to help <laughs> Greg get therapy. Where are all those checks going to? I don't know, but... <laughs> AdamandEve.com <laughs> <laughs> It's therapy. Form of self-massage, but... All right. Well, wonderful. Patty Hearst. Good job. I guess we'll start with the other discussions then. There's really no good segue. I can't think of a single segue. I actually had segued it. What? With the Indiegogo comment. Yeah. Except that that wasn't how I was going to start with the story. Oh, well, I didn't mean to horn on in on your segue. (laughs) Yeah, because we could have also segued from... You know, the AdamEve.com, either through a horny kind of joke or um, that um, it's uh, a lot. You can get a lot of phallic shaped things on AdamEve.com. Yeah. Okay. So let's just cut to the chase. We're actually talking about rhinoceroses, not about (laughs) penile implants now. Okay. Let's just. Not the horn of plenty. (laughs) So um, as many a skeptic's nose knows. Knows well. That's kind of close. Having, having, a, having some problems with your uh... <laughs> grammar. Me not talk good. In a lot of ways, uh, there are a lot of animal products that are used by quote unquote traditional medicines as um, as healing products. You've got no, not you know, just healing, but uh, enhancement products. Yeah. yeah, you've got you know tigers and elephant penises and whale fin and all it that usually kind of stuff. Re- revolves around uh, organs <clears throat> organs yeah. and uh and juices yeah and horns basically yes. you're right phalluses a lot of a lot of it is phallic shaped stuff especially with things like you know horns and penises and, and tusks and stuff like that where it's it's often an aphrodisiac or a, a male enhancement thing, or right. we'll uh, call it the phallus fallacy. Exactly, very good. Um, well, the rhino horn um, seems to have two main uses that I I can could find doing some quick Google searching or Bing searching, if whatever. If you don't like, you, Google. you, didn't, you didn't go on to the alternative medicine sites to. Not so much. I think he was going back to Alta Vista, though. I'd rather like wow. look around to see if you know someone like he kicks it old school. That's right. <laughs> I'd rather see if like a reputable news source has something to say about it. So um, I, I found an article from hold a couple on, of years. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Reputable news. Hmm. Okay. Well, I found an article on well, PBS. The only the only really reputable news is. Uh, News that is all natural. That's why natural news is the best news you can oh, possibly get. Put your fucking get. tongue, you bastard. 
So, um, <laughs> one of the big uses is a lot of uh, Middle Eastern um, or African men will carve knife handles out of rhino horn to kind of pass to their give to their sons as a rite of passage, a thing of manhood. Except like the the, the that, rhino horn actually isn't a horn. It's actually like a nail. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 basically made of keratin, which yeah. is what your your nails are made of. Uh it used to be thought that a rhino horn was just a lot of twisted up hairs. Yeah. But it's no it's it's just the keratin nail um Right. Whereas uh, a horn, an actual horn, is is ivory or or bone. Right. Right. So anyway, just yeah. thought I'd, I'd quibble on that point, but no. we know that the people killing animals and such for these horns uh, are not so astute. Right. And a lot a lot of other ways that's used, kind of across Asia, are for uh, rhino horn specifically is to treat fever, rheumatism, gout. <laughs> Snake bites, hallucinations, typhoid, headaches, um, vomiting, food poisoning, devil possession, all sorts of stuff. Devil as possession. well as... Yes, as, as, as well as, you know... Penile enhancement. ED, erectile dis... Lip dink... Lip... Eh, lip dink? Lip dick syndrome. <laughs> lip dink. <laughs> dink, dink. Dink, 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 dink. I am so glad that that's where you went with that, because that's exactly what was going through my brain that I could not get out to say it right. <laughs> but do you notice that all of them, like the shark's fin, the whatever else, it it's always about the limp dick. Very often, yes. I mean, there's lots of different animal products that are used. I'm like, how many limp dicks are there in the world? (laughs) (laughs) That you need all of these products. All men are scared that their dicks are not performing well enough or are too small. Why do you think rockets and bombs and bullets are shaped that way? Okay, (laughs) let me me just say this. If it is limp... God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm basically... You have other organs. Learn how to use them. You have a tongue. You have hands. Learn how to use them yeah, properly. But, but you know there is a thing that that is nice about the the full equipment equipage of both people uh, caught up in the. I don't know where I'm going with this. There's a lot of you know guys think that their potency is whether or not they are a man or not. So if they're not potent. If their magic sperm does not impregnate all the women they have sex with, then they are not manly. And some girls just like to have a hard dick. Some guys like that, too. Sure. I'm just saying that that's not the only use. Whether in the bedroom, kitchen, couch, whatever, wherever your freak show takes you. Yes, not everybody needs kind of male enhancement things, but a lot of... Men, especially in cultures where they don't have full science, don't seem to understand that and and are panicky and think yeah. that every little bit helps. And apparently, rhino horn is one of those things. And it, and maybe there's a big placebo effect going along with that Probably. because they don't know. Well, the the interesting thing is that um, until recently, there are some countries that just have not been kind of big on the rhino horn kick. Uh, but in the last few years, uh, Vietnam has taken off as this major um, place where they're importing rhino horn, and they're you know people are sending um, 
hunters in their behalf to trophy hunt for them, and there's officials that get in, prob- in trouble because it's been illegal to kill you know, to poach rhino horns since yeah, 2006 because they're endangered. Yeah, and actually in Vietnam, the rhino that was um, indigenous to Vietnam ha- is already gone extinct. Way to go, guys! Yes. <laughs> So uh, the the big thing that kind of kicked there were two things that kicked off the rhino horn kick in Vietnam. I know I said kick about three times that lesson, since <laughs> I apologize. One was there was uh, basically you know one of these stupid natural cure things going around that rhino horn helped cured cancer. <laughs> that was a big big thing, and everybody was thinking about that. And, you know, there was also, you know, other uses like any, quote, quote, natural miracle cure where it can help you with concentration, hangovers, and all those other stuff that I talked about earlier of, you know, rheumatism and... And And you'd think that these people would would get it through their thick skulls that if you kill all the rhinos that have this great cure and uh, reparative properties... After they're all dead, you don't got it anymore. Well, there's there's always that kind of, well, you know, I, I need this right now. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just one person. Right. Where all those one people add up. So in addition to a lot of people thinking about medical cures, there's been, uh, a, because of the rise of the middle class in Vietnam, rhino horn has become kind of a status symbol for kind of, you know, conspicuous consumption. Like in the United yeah. States, people will buy a flashy car or a gold watch or have a trophy wife or a trophy husband. Or bring want... a, carry a dog in a purse. I'm just saying, if it is predominantly used in addition to headaches, hangover, whatever, it's predominantly used for erectile dysfunction. Really, do you want people knowing that you're taking it? <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. It's in Vietnam. It's not the big things. Like I said, are the cancer cure. And number two is people will stir ground up rhino horn into their wine as an additive for the alcoholic drinks. That's, and the thing is, of course, that's even worse than putting your fingernail clippings. In yeah, yeah I know. It's exactly what they're doing. Is... So <laughs> yeah, it, it is just a. I got this all the way from Africa. It's kind of illegal, so it's kind of this. What kind of what kind of nose does this wine have? I don't know. It's a bit rhino rhino y. It's kind of cheesy. It's, Maybe it's seren seren get it e. It reminds me of pooping on the savannah. <laughs> it reminds me of that awful Ace Ventura movie where he got stuck in a mechanical <laughs> rhino. rhino. Yes. So this this big consumption of rhino horn in Vietnam specifically has jumped has jumped the number of rhino horn poachings in the last years. I mean, there's this graph uh, that starting in 2008, it the number of poachings whatever went from about maybe 50 to 75 a year to now it's closer to 400 to 500 as of 20 the end of 2012. There was somewhere like 500 550. Rhino, confirmed rhino poachings, right? Which is the stuff, the ones they find. Yes, exactly. So there's and probably it's more. Very problematic when more and more rhinos, when there aren't that many left, yeah. keep on getting killed. Yeah, and the, the the cost of it is going up as well as at night. Because like the 
they're they're saying that it's it's rhino horn is now worth more in weight than gold is right something that, like something sixty five thousand like dollars a, a, a kilogram yes exactly it's insane so enter into this two brothers apparently both named Hien Huang who um. Are <laughs> they both? They both have the same. Yeah, yes, they're twin yes. brothers, and they're apparently both have the same name. Kind of weird, but who also neat. has the same name? Okay, yeah. sure. So they go to <laughs> Portland University, and they're undergraduates. But and we're they, just gonna pass that over. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. But there's nothing you can do about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> well, then again, George Foreman did name all those kids. Yes. George. Okay. So go ahead. Sorry, my bad. But it must get confusing when it's time for dinner. Yeah, probably um, not. Young Wang. Okay. You got them both. Yeah, they must all often dress up as Thing One and Thing Two from the uh, Doctor Seuss. There's there's a, uh, some twins at U- University of Texas San Antonio where I'm doing my masters, and they have all the same classes, and they dress up identically. <laughs> but I noticed that they don't always walk in step. When uh, I saw them the other day, and they were going, one guy was going left, right, left, right, the other was going right, left, right, left. So. So now you can tell them apart. <laughs> no, because that, that was just that, that was just once. But they, they were in my classes, and yeah, they dressed the same. And I, I'm hoping that it's some sort of uh, meta joke thing, you know? <laughs> because what are they going to do when they when they need to get a job? <laughs> are they both going to try for the same job, same exactly. company, whatever? Those poor guys. Anyway. Continue well, on. These two guys in an or in they heard about the whole rhino horn thing, and they found out just how much rhino horn is going for. But they also found out about all the poaching and the, the endangerment of the rhino and all that. Right. So they're doing what to try and help this? They ha- decided to start their own company called Rhino Horn LLC, and they're actually partnering. Actually, with- Rhinoceros Horn LLC. Sorry, Rhinoceros Horn LLC. Yeah. They've partnered with a local company here in San Antonio called Caraplast, okay. which is apparently one of the uh, world's leaders in developing keratin products. Now, most of what they do is they take keratin out of sheep's wool, and they kind of break it down and reformulate it for whatever companies might need it. So maybe cosmetic companies or uh, skin products or hair care companies, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, because a lot of natural derived stuff is used in shampoos and that and skincare products for that way um and they're they're trying to develop a synthetic rhino horn powder for all (laughs) intents and purposes now that's that's noble it's it's an interesting idea because on on one way you want to say okay the skeptical point of view is well you don't want people to be believing stupid stuff like rhino horn cures cancer right but on the other hand it would be good if a product like this could be developed and actually used as a stepping stone to get away from using natural products like the shark fins or the rhino horns or the elephant tusks. Sure. So this is this is basically a placebo for a placebo. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great idea. They're trying to uh, crowdsource $300,000 on Indiegogo. They've only raised about five hundred fifty dollars. Actually, it was eight hundred and twenty-six as of like a minute ago. Okay, I checked. Wow. Just under a thousand dollars, probably by the time you've you've listened to this. So they're nowhere near their goal to kind of start up their company and invest in this synthetic rhino horn. It's a great idea in principle, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, 
because all of these these um, traditional medicine techniques or whatever always uh, uh, just for the fact that we were talking about rhino horns and tusks, it's always the penises, it's always the dong shaped stuff that gets used in this medicine. It's the essentialism of whatever it is. It is the horn of the rhino. Right, it has it, to be from the rhino. It's shaped that way. It's it's imbued with the the essence of the tiger. It's like right. you know the tiger testicles ground up. Well, it's it's tiger. It's aggressive. Right. It's, it's manly. Eat, eat your enemy and gain their power. Right. Yeah. So it's a great idea, but I don't think even if they get off the ground with this three hundred thousand dollar Indiegogo campaign, I don't think it's going to fly. Yeah, but if they can. But the, so there's there's two things. One, if they can reduce the cost, the the price to market for for keratin, which they can say is the horn of the rhino, chemically identical. Yes, then that that may draw attention. But as you said previously, is there's a lot of uh, there's some social gain from having the horn of the rhinoceros, right? There's some ego, there's there's a, a social boost. Because it was imported all the way from Africa. Right. It's and an it's, illegal yeah, thing. And, yeah. And so that's that's the thing that they have to try and overcome. Not so much the... the I think. They, yeah, it's not the... Well, for right now, it's not the supply of rhino horn that's the problem. It's the belief that... Right. It's this taboo thing, or well, that it's no, this magical it's, thing. I mean, no, no, it is. It is the <laughs> supply of rhino horn that's the problem because they have to kill the rhinoceros to do it. True, but <laughs> or, they can or still, rather they do kill. If the they're willing to pay for it, they can still get it, right? Because they, if they want to pay pay sixty five thousand dollars a kilogram, they can. Yeah. But you know, okay, maybe you sell this for ten dollars a kilogram instead, but it's not the from the rhino. And it's not, you know, I sent this hunter out to find a rhino. How and... much is 65,000 per milligram, then? Well, that's easy. Okay, hold on. It's 65, $65 per gram, then, right? Okay. And so that's 65 cents, or 0. 0.065 cents per milligram. Yeah, I, f- I unfortunately forget the the denominations that's... of metrics. That's less than than male enhancement products here in the United States. Actual stuff that'll uh, that'll actually work. That'll work. Well, the, uh, like I said, the in Vietnam where it's the big problem right now, you know, it's not about the penis enhancement. It's no, about the true, cancer cure, and it's about the. That's true. I'm mixing but my point this is, it's still damn strength. cheap. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, mix some um, hemlock in with your wine, and it'll probably do more. Yeah, Arsenic, yeah it I don't did know. so well for Socrates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's an interesting story about some lo- some college students trying to save the world with well-intentioned efforts, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's gonna do uh, any good. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that they have a more of a plan. <laughs> Well, they have a plan of raising money on Indiegogo, but beyond that... Right, but they have to have a marketing plan that will work for people in that region for them to actually... I mean... Right, because honestly, the way that they're going to stop this is to draw attention to the problem. And it doesn't necessarily... You know, but they are trying to get the world's attention on the problem, which we have to give them credit for. That's, they might be 
going about it in what we consider a, a wrong way by not attacking the taboo by by giving them a placebo for a placebo. But at the same time, they are starting to raise awareness and that's how these things stop. Eventually. Mm. Hopefully we'll still have rhinos around. Right. They're, the the big problem in Vietnam is that they're not enforcing the illegality of rhino horn mm. nearly as much. There are a few high-profile cases like the Vietnamese ambassador to one nation in Africa got arrested and ejected from the country because he was trying to get rhino horn, that kind of stuff. But it's few and far between. Um, when someone does get arrested, it's... More often than not, it's a Vietnamese, but in Vietnam, Vietnam, they're not arrested, and that's kind of a problem. Yeah. So enforcement, education would be a really good thing, because if they, they, I mean, they, they, if they're killing all the rhinos, they, they're going to run out of rhinos, and then they're just going to find another animal with another organ involved, right. and say, this is going to cure your cancer, you should make this, make, mick? Mix this ground up organ in your wine, and the other cure side of everything. that is is that it's going to turn into a backyard or a back alley um, abortion kind of thing. Yeah, well, exactly. It's going to turn into that. Hey, you know, the guy standing there with the vials in the you know the overcoat <laughs> going, hey, I, I, I've got some something. <laughs> I've got some rhino for you. You know. <laughs> But it is. It's going to go underground if we're not careful. Yeah. If you ban rhino horn, only criminals will have rhino horn. Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> Better <laughs> that only the criminals have rhino, because most people aren't criminals. One likes to think, anyway. We should hope so. Yeah. But, you know, one thing about horns and being horny gets you is sometimes it gets people pregnant. And it turns out, according to... A Republican state representative from Alabama, that would be Mary Sue McClurkin, whose name I do enjoy. McClurkin? McClurkin. Gets stuck in the throat. According to her um, and her anti-abortion bill, (laughs) she made the claim that babies are organs, the largest organ in the body. So where's your no. old babies? They're the stored? largest parasite in the I, body. <laughs> if it's an organ in a woman's body. Uh, okay. That's not what you said though. You said it was the biggest organ in the body. So now I'm wondering where y'all's babies are. So. Well, she said and I quote, "Do a southern says, accent." Well, I would have to. Okay. I, I'll get, I'll get back to you in a moment. Just because I misspoke doesn't mean that she did. (laughs) She said, When a physician removes a child from a woman, that is the largest organ in a body, McClurkin said. That's a big thing. That's a big surgery. You don't have any other organs in your body that are bigger than that. (laughs) So this essentially was an anti-abortion bill that was meant to... You know, one of those things like they say that uh, a doctor who performs abortions has to be on call with a certain hospital, right. have a full medical suite, have a full medical insurance for full-on surgery where in all actuality, 
an, an abortion done right and done safely does not require no, it's outpatient the, surgery. Yeah, that full amount of you, you don't need three days in a hospital to recover from it. Right. You need therapy to deal with the fact that you have had had to do this, which is right. a good thing. Yeah, I don't agree that you necessarily need therapy. Some people no, may need therapy. It right. can be a good idea to deal with the fact that there's a lot of conflicting emotions about abortion. A lot of people are well, going to yeah, be telling but, you different things, and it'd be good to talk to somebody about that to work out any if you have any them. conflict you may have had. <laughs> yeah, if you have not them. everybody, but okay. it's it can be a good idea. Sure. Okay. You should go to therapy, even though you haven't had an abortion. And I'm pointing at you, Gary. Yes. Uh, okay. I thought this was therapy. <laughs> if you'd like to help me with my therapy, you can send PayPal. <laughs> no, no, the show is my therapy, <laughs> not your therapy. Fuck, we all need therapy. Let's just put that out there, okay? <laughs> if you'd like to pay for Donna's therapy. <laughs> no, see, here, I Mail get... a check to skepticwire at gmail.com. <laughs> see, you don't get it. I get to kill people on film... They get to walk away from it later, but I get to kill them. I don't need therapy. I get my aggressions out. Denial. <laughs> um, out comes the middle finger. <laughs> boom! Subtle middle finger. But the, the, the yeah, going back to the uh, McClurkin. <laughs> McClurkin. It, it's like the, it's like a MacGuffin. McClurkin, McGuffin. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but is there a double McClurkin? There was a double MacGuffin. Hmm. Maybe it's a double Merkin. Well, I think so, because the, the, what this... And no, it's a double McMuffin. I thought oh, a God. Merkin was a double McMuffin. <laughs> isn't a, wait a minute, isn't a Merkin a pubic wig? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just want to make sure I got my terms right. Okay. What are we talking about now? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Let's go back to McClurkin. 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 <laughs> God. Um, one of the problems that she has by saying this is she's totally going against the whole GOP idea that the fetus is a person. So right. that's completely against the the thought process behind the personhood bills. So what you're saying is is that she didn't get the memo. Apparently not. When you're kind of making it up as you go along, it's kind of hard to st stick to a story if you're kind of just making it up and you yeah. don't you're not you don't have your your facts in a row first and you're just thinking well, of anything you can do to make it sound scary and awful that sometimes an abortion is necessary. Right, but how calling a, a fetus a uh, an organ. Well, the scary thing of that it's major surgery. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> well, anything anything that they they can tie to abortion as being negative and bad, they will throw at abortion. Right, but the the thing about removing uh, a fetus from a woman's body is that doesn't really kill the woman. True. Whereas if you removed, I don't know, both kidneys or the liver or the heart, yeah, that's that's not even that made no kind of heart's or major surgery. Finger and just didn't or finger, yeah. and didn't like cauterize the wound and stop the bleeding. <clears throat> yeah, but even yeah. that's not as dangerous. I, I mean, right. 
That's that's about as dangerous because Azkaban's going to stop bleeding. Right, but you know, if most of the time, most abortions are done somewhere around the transition from tri- trimester one to two, about that, and and there's not a lot of cells there to abort. Yeah. It's a it's a small like pea sized thing or smaller, and you're just you know you're terminating a pregnancy which. Sometimes is it sucks that it has to happen, but sometimes it does have to happen. Yeah. But it's not it's not heart surgery. No. It's not a major it's, organ. It's not actually major surgery yeah. as she's making it out to be. And certainly not on a largest organ in the body, unless yeah. the organ has other organs. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. It's it, stupid. It's just it's, a completely it's, inane Well it's bad okay. science. If she's comparing thinking. it to a cesarean section, then yes, but it's not. Right. Cesarean section involves cutting through the whole abdomen and pulling apart sinew and muscle and yes, having to sew that all together you're talking to somebody again. who's had two of them. I, 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 <laughs> I actually did not know that. Yes. Um, I have not seen you in a bikini, so I did not know. Yeah, and you won't. Okay. There's there's a yeah. there's major surgery involved. There's stitches. It's not an outpatient surgery, right? But that's not how abortions are done. My understanding is they no. go in the other way. Yes, through the front door. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, because they're <clears throat> definitely not going Greek style. So, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Hold on. What's Greek style? Really? You've never heard that going Greek? Nope. It's another term for the back door. Oh, okay. I've missed this whole conversation. Sorry, I was reading. What? <laughs> you made... don't deliver babies through the ass. That's the, the end well, of the no, conversation. No. No, he said, no. you go through the front door. And I said, well, yeah, it's not Greek style. And okay. another term for backdoor sex a.k.a. anal sex, is going Greek. See, I thought Greek style was just another, like, instead of a Korean dance craze, it's now a Greek dance craze. No. Okay. So next time, if somebody ever asks you if if you were going Greek, that's what that means. See, I would have assumed it is something with, like, pledging to a fraternity or something. No. But that, that makes uh, Greek week go, uh, have a whole new meaning. <laughs> I am glad I went to a college that didn't have fraternities. Don't you know what I have nothing to say in this conversation at all. He went Greek. I didn't. Denial. (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) There it is again! But actually, yes, I am denying that. (laughs) So, abortion. Abortion. Prefer not to have it, but still, it's there. And, and we prefer have it, to have it safely. Yes. Legally. And carefully. Quickly and painlessly. And such. So this lady's just uh, inane. And I tried to find a, a follow-up to see if she distanced herself from the remark or tried to clarify. Eh, I haven't found it's anything. It's only been a couple days. Three days. Since, yeah. Oh, okay. Three days. You, three well, days is enough. You well, expect a non-apology by now. Right. Yeah. And let's just, for the, for the record... The largest organ in the human body is the skin. Or on the human body. 
No, it is of the human body. Okay. The large organ of the human body is the skin, followed closely by the liver. Let's just what get about that. the skeleton? Skeleton That's a organ. System. Okay. And it's not an organ. It's not an organ, despite the 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 bone marrow stuff. No. No, it's okay. a system, skeletal system. You can system. make it into an organ. <laughs> what? I was just breaking into a Sousa march. Yeah, why a march? Okay, because <laughs> often Sousa marches are used in merry-go-rounds, which have organs. Okay. I've seen ribs made into wind chimes. <laughs> or flutes. <laughs> How the hell did we get from this? <laughs> okay, let's let's move backwards. So, um, Mary Sue McClurkin, uh, I'm sorry. Nah, not even sorry. You're kind of an idiot. You are scientifically illiterate. Yeah, that's that's really what this comes down to. Not not knowing about science, not having learned about science. Yeah, it's just dangerous for a law lawmakers to be ignorant. Yeah, and it's kind of disgusting for non-lawmakers to be ignorant. You know, like the Discovery Institute. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Or, or was it, wasn't, uh, didn't, uh, Kirk Cameron, isn't he teaching something? I thought he was making yeah. a movie. No, teaching he's about teaching movies. film at Liberty University. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, please, I, you know. I, I know he's famous for being in TV shows, but... Did he do any movies of note? Not of note. Not of note. He did um, Fireproof. Left Behind. And left the Left Behind. The Left Behinds don't fucking count. <laughs> sure they do. It's a film. Um, and he did this. <laughs> I said on. movie of note. Hold on. He also did... Let me look this one up because there's... Well, we it's said... not like Victoria Jackson who did some well-known comedies right. before she came out fully as a nutbag. Yeah. No, he didn't, he, he didn't do anything that... Uh, registers on a radar. Yes. Well, he did the monumental documentary also, where he goes to explore America's history and, and walk with our founding fathers and fucking so, bullshit. No, he's not done anything of note. Right. But basically <laughs> he's he's now promoting a film school at Liberty University. Okay, of, but that's Liberty University. I mean shit, who goes there? I don't Apparently care, some people but, do, but you know, get the fuck out of my business, okay? <laughs> That's what I have to say about it. Get the we I a think... man who was known for playing opposite a character named Boner, okay? <laughs> really? That's what he's fucking known for. And now all of a sudden he's ooh, I'm a producer and director because I made a couple of shitbag Christian films. And you know what? Yes, believe this out. I don't give a shit. Call me out on it. I really don't care. Get the fuck out of my industry. We have a hard enough time with fucking movies like VHS, the biggest piece of shit that I've ever seen, that I have to compete with this other stuff. <laughs> um, well, if you're so mad about it, why don't you go teach at Liberty University? <laughs> oh, fuck you. Let they take me. They might. They probably have one of those codes of contact the conduct. Oh, they definitely to, have a code of conduct where you have yeah, to sign. Yeah, considering that, that I break it, that you have to sign that you are a believer in Christ and all that. And... Well, okay. First off, um, let me see here. I have two kids. I am not married to the baby daddy. 
Um, <laughs> Who you live with in sin. I live with in sin. Right there, their code of conduct has just been blown out of the fucking water. Plus your tattoo. Oh, you in. have bacon Ow, and cheeseburgers. And, oh, yes, there's a minor thing of you being isn't a that, woman. Isn't that in Timothy, First Timothy, you know. Can't don't, teach. Yeah, woman is not allowed to teach I think a man. That's in but, John, actually. But that's, that's in a church. Yeah, and what is Liberty University? A school church. What's it called? It's an accredited... A hive of scum and villainy? No, it, it is... You're going to love this. It is an accredited university. Who the fuck accredited it? I don't know. <laughs> the same people who do peer review, apparently. But I think I think it's Peers. accredited for, for uh, studies of divinity. I don't think it's. I don't think they have a good bio- biology section. Aren't they the kind of, same kind of people who are trying to train up a bunch of lawyers for the next generation of politicians? As Actually, well? you know what? I think that I think they I think they did. I mean, Oral Roberts has a has a good law school, but Center I think for <laughs> law and justice. Or... It, it, it gets gets people hired. Well, Liberty I, University, other evangelical nutbags. Yeah, probably. But I mean, as far as I know, they 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 can argue. <laughs> Liberty University, maybe not so much. Yeah. Okay, well, hold on. Oh my god, okay. this is scaring me right now. You're scaring both of us. What are they accredited in? By the same people who accredited UTSA. <laughs> See? UTSA is accredited by the Commission on Colleges of the Southern Association of College and Schools. Liberty University is regionally accredited by the Commission on Colleges of the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. Okay, and who else do they accredit other than those two schools? I don't know, but that just... <laughs> Probably schools in the South. <clears throat> Sounds like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just... That... Yeah. Just just think. You're, you're getting the same education you would at... No, that's Liberty. not true. <laughs> that, that's, that, that, is a, that is a fallacious argument. Because uh, UTSA and UT... And Texas Tech are all accredited, yeah, but you get <laughs> but you get a different education at each college. Some are better than others. So don't use your fallacious argument on me. <laughs> so speaking of arguments and teachers and evangelical nutbags, we have an interesting story that came to us involving all of that. Yes, I don't remember where I got this story from, but um, I think I got it from Twitter. But there's a there's a professor of geology who takes really nice pictures, and he got a letter from the Discovery Institute. Oh, his name is, by the way, before because we always do this. Callan. Um, uh, Callan Bentley. And his blog is Mountain Beltway over at uh, AGU Blogosphere. Yeah, blogs.agu.org uh, slash mountain, be- mountain Beltway. So he got a received a letter from... The Discovery Institute, their media relations specialist, asking if a Andrew McDermid, yeah, and yes, Andrew McDiarmid, we'll call him McDermid, sure. For some reason, I'm thinking when I see Andrew McDiarmid, I'm for some reason I'm imagining an Emperor Palpatine for some strange reason. Hmm. Anyway, I wouldn't know. Uh, so Andrew. McDermott wanted to use some of Callan uh, <laughs> Bentley's, Mr. Doctor, Bentley's. Dr. Bentley. Dr. I believe Bentley. he is a doctor. 
He is an assistant professor of geology at the Northern Virginia Community College in Annandale, Virginia. Okay, professor so, doesn't make you a doctor automatically. Right. So, Professor... Professor Bentley received a letter from Mr. McDermott asking if they could use some of his pictures in one of their upcoming books about uh, creation geology. Yeah, it's called Darwin's Doubt, The Explosion of Animal Life and the Case for Intelligent Design you know by what? Yeah. Stephen C. Meyer, who oh, yes. may or may not be a doctor. Can I, can I make yeah. one point first? They asked first. That's nice. Normally they don't. Right. But these are copywritten things, so they, they kind of did. And they were going to publish this book. So they asked... And <clears throat> Professor Bentley wrote back, and I will just read it because it's a short, short letter. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for your interest. I hold the Discovery Institute in the lowest regard, and it sounds like the new book will be a further perversion of reason in the name of pseudoscience. As a science educator, I could never support such an effort. I will not grant reproduction rights to any of my photos or drawings to any creationist effort such as the one you describe here. Best, best wishes for your good health and the speedy demise of the sham institution that employs you. <laughs> Callan Bentley. Callan so in Bentley. other words, hell to the no. Yes. And, which is great. And then... Uh, Apparently this started a whole back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, McDermott kind of got up, got his panties in the water about that, and went off the deep end and started saying that he hopes that the scales fall off your eyes and that you reveal the truth. And Right after he's, he made the whole argument with essentially, oh, it's academic freedom. Yeah. You're against academic freedom because you're it, a full Darwinist thing. Yeah, true freedom of scientific inquiry. Quoted Darwin as and, if to say that we evolutionists follow Darwin like, right. cre like creationists follow God. So if we use a quote from our God, that means that's going to change our mind. That sort of, you know, uh, hierarchical thinking that yeah. we will fall in line when Darwin speaks. Well, <laughs> and they ended it with the, I feel sorry for your students. Yeah. And it was kind of that little, nee, 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 nah. it, it's yeah. kind of, you're a bad teacher. Right. Really, that's what that was saying. You know, fuck you and your students. Your your students are going to fail in life because they have you as a teacher. Yeah. So he wrote back, uh, Callan did, another uh, pithy response, saying, Inquiry is indeed free, and you guys should be free to think whatever you want. I support that 100%. But if it can't pass peer review, it ain't science. I'll convey your pity to my students. And then... For the response was, who controls peer review? And that's a good question. Who does control peer review? The answer, of course, is the peers, the people of whom you must work uh, to try and convince. And that's the whole thing, is you have yeah. to convince the peers that you have uh, something going on. The whole point of it is that there's not one person in charge. Again, that hierarchical thinking. There's not this one person who says... I deem this research worthy and you know there's there's no kind of president in charge of peer review. Now yes there are editors who I I know at least through friends who have worked for literary journals there are editors who kind of try to publish articles by their friends Yeah, or, peer review or, isn't perfect. It's messy, but it's 
it's messy in a good way in that there's no one person controlling it, and right. it that allows for error correction. Right, because right. it will be passed on to anywhere from 5, 7, 15, 20 people to read and respond. Yes, it is not perfect. But if you're turning around and saying, hey, I believe that people came to the Americas in a fucking spaceship from Mars and little green people are what caused, you know, the, the, the Native American population. Guess what? All of my peers in archaeology and anthropology are going to go, um, dude, it's time for the room with the rubber wallpaper. Why don't you just sit back here? Because we're not fucking publishing this. <laughs> so Americans coming to America from a spaceship, that's kind of a weird combination of Mormon and Scientologist theologies. Right. Whatever. <laughs> hey, if you've got the proof to back it up. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that's right. exactly why we laugh at Mormons, because mm. the whole idea of Jesus coming to the United States and there being the... the the Sisophites and the Husophites and the Wasophites who were, you know, good and bad and then... All know, of them good and yeah. all of them bad. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and there's no archaeological evidence for this whatsoever. That's why we don't teach Mormon theology in history class. Yeah. Because right. we have evidence for either the land bridge theory, which is starting to be kind of debunked a little, the Clovis idea, you know, all these kind of thing that we actually have evidence for that there's actually a controversy about. Yeah. Right. As opposed to evolution, which we know things evolve. It's just figuring out the mechanisms. But following up on the, the peer review thing is... Intelligent design, as they constantly say, is peer-reviewed. Yes, it's reviewed by the peers in the Discovery Institute and the creation scientists. But along the same lines that they are trying to make the inroads, the geologists, the anthropologists, the geophysicists, it has been peer-reviewed and has... Been rejected. Yeah, it's failed. It's completely failed. And so you can sequester yourself... In your little creationist, yeah, yeah, and say, oh, isn't this great? And then you build up on this ridiculous theory and see where that gets you. But if it doesn't reflect reality, it, does, it doesn't reflect how things are, then it doesn't do much good. And unfortunately, creation science and the intelligent design doesn't really reflect how things are. There's there's not a lot of science behind it because it's a there's lot no of science behind just. It. You know, well, how do you know that it revolved from this way? Or, well, what if we took out one piece? Then the whole thing would fall apart. It's a lot of just sowing doubt and, well, I'm just asking questions. Well, that's fine. But the next step of actual science is <laughs> finding proof to answer the question one way or the other. Right. And, and you know what? Let me, I would like really to make an thing. amendment to what you said. It's not just proof to find the answer one way or the other. It is the journey to find reproducible proof. Better information. You know, because, you know, you can honestly say, okay, intelligent design created the world. How the fuck do you reproduce that, though? Guess what? You can't. It fails. I will accept your amendment to that conversation, and in 150 years, Mississippi will finally ratify that amendment. You know, I'm pretty sure that actually this isn't the only thing that has gotten the Discovery Institute's panties in a wad, because Saturday Night Live, I think, actually really got their panties in a wad. They Although brought they the funny. They haven't even... Oh, look. 
Discovery Institute has not made a statement about this, as far as I know. Oh. But Saturday Night Live did produce a funny. And the American Family Association. Association and, and one uh, million moms. Assorted uh, uh, right-wing Christian nutbags, of which the Discovery Institute is kind of one of them. Yes. Saturday Night Live produced a short skit. It is actually looks like a trailer for the new Quentin Tarantino movie. And they did a pretty good job of it. Called... Did Jesus uncrossed, and that's the apostrophe Jesus uncrossed, like Django. Django unchained. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's an apostrophe or not, but yes, it's like Django unchained. But and the yeah, the AFA is flipping the fuck out. You you get a lot of comments that I've seen of things like, oh well, Saturday Night Live wouldn't dare to make fun of Muslims or Jews. What is it with their- Saturday Night Live has made fun of. All religions. Everything. Well, yeah, they make fun of Jews all the time. Since, we, since we've all had our little bit of, of Southern reading, I will read the AFA statement, ooh, 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 Southern-wise. Okay. Warning! The NBC video contains offensive material, advertiser sponsor, vicious anti-Christian skit, probably the most anti-Christian skit in the history of television. Decide for yourself. Watch the entire video. This love- email will reach NBC... And it gives a, an address. Compare companies which sponsor the online version of this video include J.C. Penny. Penny is blocking our emails. Try sending an email directly from your email to, and it lists another email account, which we will not put on there. Kmart and Sears are owned by the same company. Send your email to, da 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 Target, call this 800 number. You can also call your local store and ask for the manager. Get involved today. Help stop anti-Christian bias in the media. Join with 50,000 other pastors and sign the statement. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And if you've already signed, please forward this to your fellow pastors. Now, I have to give them credit, and I also find it hilarious, but I, you have to give them credit for actually including a link to the video, because normally <laughs> yes. they won't do that. And so, it, you know, they just they get outraged, and nobody has any idea really why. But to actually give a link, right? Um, I think that's the first time I've ever seen them do that. Well, originally in this controversy. I think they actually thought this was a new movie. They didn't realize it was an SNL sketch. <laughs> really? Despite the laugh track in it that, that people, people laughing. People were starting to get pissed off at Quentin Tarantino because <laughs> they thought it actually was his next movie. But th- so that it's kind of like a posed law kind of thing of not really realizing that it's satire. They think it's real. Well, this this email from the AFA is just such a pearl clutching oh my oh my oh my the children <laughs> you know and it once again i mean they didn't come out and say it but they might as well have about well you wouldn't have done this to a muslim mm-hmm. right well first of all i'm just kind of impressed that they were actually funny cuz it is yeah. a funny trailer um and you know I'm beginning to think that being outraged is the Christian orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it the right wing Christian orgasm because the AFA definitely is. 
Nothing good ever seems to come out of it. And really, <laughs> J.C. Penny is blocking their emails. I that—that's the part. They that, just may not be responding to their right, emails. Right, exactly. They're probably going, "Bite me. <laughs> we got we got all your emails about Ellen. We didn't do anything. <laughs> Let's just move on. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. Hey, I think what? they're trying to recreate the success that happened over the Chick Fil A thing. That, yeah. a, you know, granted, Chick-fil-A is still in business. It's not like it affected them much. But there <laughs> no, was a huge PR backlash because of the the opinions of their owner and their their culture as, you know, giving money to these anti-gay charities kind of thing. So they're trying to do it that way. And that's the way it should work. The, the marketplace of ideas idea that if they're going to, you know, protest, fine. If they're going to argue with their dollars fine it's not gonna work what i just think is funny is that when you read their email like half of it is bolded and capitalized (laughs) with exclamation points yeah plus you got things like they're saying it's the most anti-christian email you know video ever you know what and they said that same shit about um the last temptation of christ they said it. Uh, there's not two Kevin years Smith's with dogma, dogma. Yeah, right. all, all the things. Well, I, I don't think this is even the most unchristian, you know, anti-Christian thing Saturday Night Live has it's produced. It's not even anti-Christian. I mean, that whole Gumby thing. <laughs> no? Am I the only one who thought? Okay. Sorry. No, was, uh, my stomach was gurgling. Um, what Gumby thing? The Gumby sketch with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. That was totally an allegory. <laughs> really? I didn't get that at all. Okay. I, I missed I'm that one. I'm a skeptic. I'm, I'll have to admit, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, I, I don't even remember it. Here's what I have to say. We all watched the video tonight. What was your favorite part? Because I, I have a, a personal favorite line oh, in that. Well, once they started bringing out the modern uh, implements, uh, the, the bat. For example, was the guns, <laughs> uh, or actually, you know what? The the thing I really started laughing at was the Brad Pitt part about the oh. romance. <laughs> my my favorite one was the line of Jesus H Christ. The H, H is silent. Is silent. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part was you know a lot of times in these trailers they'll have um, reviewer quotes on there, and one fake one that they had on there was a less a less violent version of Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Because that's kind of satire within that, a yeah. satire of, that's you know, <laughs> that these these same American family assholes who were saying that you should go see Passion of the Christ because it's this wonderfully religious thing didn't fucking realize that it's a snuff film. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, it's all about Jesus and it doesn't have any nudity, so it's perfect for Christians, but it's incredibly violent and brutal. Yeah. The other thing that's is, is that... The 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 trailer was an homage to Tarantino because it mm-hmm. wasn't just Django Unchained. There was Kill Bill's Volume One and One, Two, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp was, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. There was just it was so Tarantino, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of Tarantino. I like some of his stuff, but I'm not the oh my god it's Tarantino oh I gotta go watch this now. I love this, though. Just pure satire. 
pure enjoyment. And really not anti-Christian. No. I don't, I don't know where they're getting that other than the fact they just make Jesus come out to be a badass. Yeah, they're well, not... A violent badass. They're not portraying Jesus in the manner that they would like, yeah. so it's anti-Christian. But it's funny, it's obviously exaggerated, and it's done in a smart way in involving all the kind of Quentin Tarantino references, which just makes it funny and entertaining and a smart way to poke fun at these ideas as opposed to just some, you know, some stupid, you know, you know, photoshopping some stupid hat on a Jesus picture and, well, and, and making it, making fun of it in a very assholey snarky way, which sometimes you get on Facebook, but this was not that way. It was, it was not, yeah, a little disrespectful, but the whole idea that Christians or any religion deserves unquestioning respect is what this is poking fun at, and that should be done. Well, here is my question. What are they more upset about, the torture porn of the Old Testament or the revenge porn of the book of Revelation? <laughs> Which one are they more upset about? Because this kind of covered it They're all. Great. <laughs> they love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there, was a, there was another video I, I did watch while working on, on my, um, my computer today. Is this back to the porn? No, it has nothing to do with porn. Oh, uh, well, that have to do with why violence. you had to restart your. Huh? I thought that's why you had to reload your. No, 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 nothing. They had nothing to do with. Reload viruses. it with sperm. <laughs> that didn't even make sense. Neither did the Gumby thing, but you went with it. <laughs> yes, my laptop runs on protein. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um. The James Randi Foundation uploaded a, an interview, or actually a discussion, between James Randi and Alice Cooper uh, this last couple of days. And if Alice Cooper, I, I never got into Alice Cooper, but after watching this and, and hearing him talk and uh, what he was about and his, the guy's intelligent. He seems He's like a pretty fun. smart, articulate guy yeah, who basically hilarious. cultivated this over-the-top yeah. stage persona, persona. Yeah. and just was an entertainer. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I recommend going and watching this video because it's really – it's interesting it's and it's funny. And uh, there's a good rapport between uh, yeah. Randy and There's a lot of Alice fun Cooper. stories about you know the, the various things that Randy was trying to do for Cooper or Cooper would ask him to do. Yeah, because all about the – Tales the, of the Road. The nine, nine months or whatever that, that they were on tour, 90 days – that they were on tour together uh, for the for the 1973 or whatever. But anyway, uh, just so I throw that there. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. So look in the show notes. So cool. there. Um, but other than that, I guess we're not going to do lightning round because we've been quite busy this week. Everybody's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> too busy to think of another word another for busy. Another word. Too tired. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> so we're going to skip the lightning round once again. And I guess... We'll try to have it next week. Yeah. And we're going to we'll have try. a song challenge coming up uh, oh, next yeah. week. Fuck. Well, that's your guys' stuff. I, I just... You can take the week off! <laughs> <laughs> well, partially. No, except for the actual talking part of the yeah. show. Yeah. So next week's song challenge... Oh, God. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and so I guess we'll we'll talk to you guys, talk at you next week. So thanks for joining me, uh, Greg... And Donna, thank you for joining me, 
Gary and Donna. Thanks, Greg and Gary. <laughs> okay, now you make it sound like you've got a gun pointed to your head and threatening you unless you say thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> now you sound more like Patty Hearst. Yay, and on Yay. that note, we'll be out of here. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Non-teacher Mike. Yes. <laughs> Non-teacher Mike. Racker Mike. Yep. <laughs> Let's just call him NTM from now on. Auntie M? NTM. <laughs> oh. Auntie M. Auntie M. There we go. Okay. Thus he is given a nickname. Auntie M. You know that he's going to hate you for that one. <laughs> okay. But you're like, I'm okay with that. He's <laughs> so pleased. It's humor. Well, see here, he can't watch Wizard of Oz anymore. Why? He actually read the book, and while he was reading the book, he was standing outside one day, and somebody asked him what he was reading, so he said that. And it was this young female second lieutenant, and they were discussing the differences between the book and the movie. And she spoiled it and told him that Darth Vader is Luke's father. No. Okay. When he said, yeah, it's about this story of, you know, this eight little girl and everything else. This second lieutenant goes, well, they certainly fucked that up. And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, watch the movie again. Dorothy has a big old rack. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, my childhood has now been shit upon. (laughs) And so now he can't watch it without thinking about Dorothy's rack. Well, <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> That's a whole new meaning. Yes. What was she doing with those munchkins? Resting her boobs on them, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and her ruby red slippers signified that she was becoming a woman. <laughs> They didn't start out as red, but they gradually got red. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Well, I I think that's a signal that we should probably start. He doesn't need people coming up to him at the American Atheist going, Dude, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Dude, really? (laughs) He doesn't need that. He's already got the reputation of being an old geezer as it is. Let's just leave it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit. I had no idea. <laughs> Finally, the podcast has gone from beat up on Greg Day to beat up on Gary Day. Okay, I'm the old geezer of the podcast, so fine. You are. You're older than I am. Doesn't mean I'm an old geezer.
You're the one who's always yelling at people to get off their lawn. Come on. Uh, he's younger true. than Novella, so he's not that old.